And welcome back, everybody, to your favorite locally scented podcast, Zero to Outrage. I'm your host, Christian, back always with my bearded brethren, J-Bone. Although, did you trim it? Did not trim it. Not yet. Giving it another week. Looks, looks a little bit more svelte on the side. It does. You know why? Because I bought a brush the, uh, the last week. It's a boar's, boar's hair. Boar's hair brush. So, you, you, so I did some research. Now that I'm a now that I'm a bearded man, you have to do a little bit of research. Boar's hair apparently is able to get the hair of the beard in line better than any other type of animal hair out there. So I bought a brush. Amazon, twelve dollars. Can't beat it. I thought you were gonna get like the verticoli or some shit. You know, just oh, give the it. I mean, they only make ten a year. I don't know where to find those. I, but I know, but you just do like 50, 50 brushes a year, fifty brushes a night, every night before you go to bed. A night. Illegal bone. What? Illegal whale bone. <laughs> Couldn't love a child more than I love that brush. You know what I do? I do use now though, that I believe came from that movie is Mane and Tail. No, use horse shampoo. The horse shampoo. Now, apparently, it's a, it's like a like people do like like a lot of people use it, but I started using it. I like it. It's it's it gives my hair a nice luscious shine. So you know, I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and look down on horse shampoo. Whatever happened like, like whatever happened to like Neutrogena or some shit like that. I it, it dries out my head. And at the end of the day, I said, if I can be even 2% of the man that Chaz Michael Michaels was in Blades of Glory, I'm going to try it. Hey, the so words to live by from your lips to God's ears, man. So is that like the most interesting thing you did this week was buy a brush for your beard? Uh, let's see. What else did I do this week? I drank on a Monday which I guess is pretty crazy in this adult world we live in now. Hey, it was President's Day, okay? Yeah, it yeah. was President's Day, but I had work the next day, and it's getting more and more rare, like just normal days in the week that you can sit down and have a cold beer or get mildly buzzed <laughs> or borderline drunk. <laughs> and those days are slipping away, so I, I took advantage of it when I had the chance. And... uh I got pretty drunk on Monday night. Hey. Good for me. Good for you. Well, I had an interesting week. Uh, pre- uh, actually, interesting after we talked last week. I had an interesting week with social media. Uh, uh, within the span of uh, 48 hours, I wanted to quit social media. And then at the same time, I fell in love with it all over again. You went on a run. You threw up a lot of tweets in probably the last, I mean, since probably Monday. Well, well, that's not what I'm talking about. So, so here's what happened. I was, I too was celebrating President's Day. Although, because I had work on, uh, because I had work on Monday, I celebrated on Sunday. So, and it was a beautiful day out. So I was outside. I was enjoying the sunrise, you know, and enjoying some the beautiful uh, the sun, the sounds of the birds, um, some beverages. And uh, as it got later than later in the day, I was feeling a little loose, and I just started watching Netflix. And I started, what was I in the mood for? I went back to some of my old chick shows, okay? And uh, it was getting later and later at night, and I was watching one episode where uh, someone broke up with a girl. And the line he used to break up with him, he's like, I'm sorry I couldn't been better for you, Brooke Davis. It was One Tree Hill. 
And for some reason in my mind, I just had to make that my Facebook status. I just had to do it. So my Facebook status for legitimately about 24 hours was, I'm sorry I couldn't have been better for you, but I didn't put the chick's name at the end of it. Which, granted, I get to the outside world is either cryptic, passive-aggressive, or cry for help. I completely understand that fact. (laughs) I get it. And, like, one of the songs they were playing, it was, like, I'll Be by, like, Edwin McCain. It was, like, one of those great, sappy love songs of the 90s. I was just listening to that shit on repeat for, like, an hour and a half. (laughs) It was a weird night, okay? Weird night. Great night. Not really mad about it. The next day, I get, like, a text from people, like, hey, dude, enough with this passive-aggressive shit. Cut it out. And so I had to try to, like, rectify some stuff and do all that. And I was like, ah, this happens to me a lot. You know, sometimes I'll be getting in a mood when I'm a few deep, and then I'll get on social media, and I'll be really moody, and people get all concerned or angry at me. So I was thinking, maybe it's time for me to, you know, tip my hat and go retire from the social media game. But then, here's the beauty of it. Tuesday night... I was watching uh, MTV's The Challenge, and I was watching it, and uh, there's a couple of people who, through my tweets on the show or not, like, we tweet at each other occasionally about jokes or stuff like that, and I kept saying they need, like, another version where instead of they rip from this dating show, they rip from, they set up a new one and just have these new guys whose sole job is, I want to be on The Challenge so I can run through fools. Because right now, they just grab from this really crappy dating show, and I said they need another version of that show. This girl who I've known through her tweets tweeted at MTV's like, here's your new fresh meat, and she tagged my name. That tweet was favorited by one of the castmates on this show who no legit, 20 minutes earlier, I just watched get pounded out in a bunk bed on television. <laughs> and I was, so like now I'm thinking like, this chick wants to run at me. <laughs> it's like, I don't know her. She's crazy. She's got a thigh tattoo and she's willing to have sex in a house on reality television in full view of night vision cameras. So at that point I was just like, you know, I was thinking about walking away, but you know what? This beauty that is Twitter is just too great to give up. So I no, got, you, you, you're, you just hit the tip of the iceberg. You almost just hit the lottery. I know. I was like, I was like, you Oh, have a bunch of, you have a bunch of famous people. Pin you up. I got. I once had a tweet favored by Will Middlebrooks, and that was like, "Let's go." I, I remember you telling me that. So I was happy about that. So I was just like, so I think I think it's a lot like gun control, social media. You know, you just got to be responsible with it. <laughs> I like it. You, you know, when when you when you're in a state, you just need to put the lock. You put the guns in the gun safe. Put the locks on it. Wait till tomorrow before you go to the range. And then when you're in full control, then you go out, do some target practice, do it responsibly, clean it out. You'll be good. So you, you're a pretty big Twitter personality, and I know that. No, I'm not. Of, no, I'm not. You threw out a bunch of tweets. That's a Twitter personality. That's, like, that's, within the last, that's within the last week and a half, and apparently the 126 to 127 followers, it oscillates between the day. I don't have that much <laughs> of a following at all. No, legitimately. You have, you have like, somebody kind of coming on and like, taking, a, taking a quick peek. Like some people, like I once was up to like 132, and then it just dropped down to 126, and like two people will follow me, and then they all say, yeah, fuck this kid. So I'm not a personality. I just throw a lot of shit out there just because I'm just bored at work. That's still a personality. Throwing a lot of stuff out there is a personality. I'm a lot. I mean, I, I just a lot of it's just me commenting on sports and just bashing John Farrell and the Red Sox. But <laughs> I did notice the, the 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 slight that Dave Dombrowski and him not necessarily knowing. He's talking about because your biggest quarrel with Will, uh, John Farrell is that he's a terrible in-game manager. He's a babysitter. 
He's a babysitter. David Krosky came out and said he's a great in-game manager. If that's his evalu- yeah, yeah, if, if that's his evaluation of MLB talent, then quite frankly, I'm afraid. Because the uninitiated will tell you that he's a horrible in-game manager. He sucks. He's a babysitter. He's designed there to babysit and make sure all these little overpaid babies with their egos and muscles and steroid problems don't run amok. That's his job. He can't manage games. He can't manage a bullpen. He decides to move Jackie Bradley Jr. in the middle of a 28-game hidden streak up to leadoff, ends the streak, and then drops him back down to the eighth spot. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. Well, and plain and simple, he's an idiot. That's, that's not great. But uh, you know what I saw the other day on HBO that I was pretty interested in, and I'd like your thoughts. Okay. So on Real Sports with Brian Gumble, they were talking about automated umpires. So, like, basically an umpire would be behind the plate in a game-type situation, and there would be a camera coming from center field that has an exact idea of what the strike zone is, basically K-zone, and it would be instantaneous from determining the strike, and then they would relay that down to the umpire to call on the field. So it basically takes away all of the umpire's ability to call it, right? It's not up to his discretion anymore. Now it's simply, it will be a ball or or it is a strike or it is a ball. Is that something that you think the direction of baseball should be going or are you more, let's, let's keep it the way it is. It's a strike. If the umpire calls it a strike, if it's a ball, if he calls it a ball. I, I mean, I think eventually as much as I hate it, it will eventually get there. But I think if you're going to do that, then here's what you need to do. Have umpires on the field, but you can't just, you can't have a relay system. That's just not going to work. Just throw the pitch and then, you know, just have a guy sitting up in the booth in front of like a pitch FX machine or a K zone and just have him read it and update the scoreboard. That's what it's going to be. But I, I don't like the idea. I, I still think you need human umpires and the strike zone is just, the strike zone is going to be the strike zone. I think eventually the whole idea of wanting to get the call right. I understand. I get that. But I think the strike zone is the one area where you can't do it just because from the, having the computers call it to, um, having the computers call it to relaying it down, especially with now them trying to speed up the pace of play, it's just not going to be the same. It, you just can't do it. Yeah, it takes away. It takes away. Baseball is great because there is such a human element to it. Like a, a strike zone is not necessarily the same any given any given night any given day because each umpire has different things. Um, Joe West is notorious for having a terrible strike zone. No, it's Joe West so sucks. Small, he doesn't give anything away. You know, like he's. He, but that's an element. You have to prepare for that. First, as opposed to other umpires who you're able to say, hey, you know what? This, I'm, it's, a, it's a pitcher's umpire. You get an inch and a half off the plate or, or an inch and a half higher than you normally would. I think that adds another element to baseball that, if taken away, kind of dilutes it well, and makes it not as interesting. Well, let me just say this. First and foremost... I hate Joe West. He's the most pompous, self-important umpire. I didn't come to watch Joe West ump a game. I came to watch baseball players play. And the fact that he bitches about the length of games, yeah, he's got an argument to that, but he makes the games all about himself. Screw Joe West. I can't wait for I can't wait for him to retire. Jim Joyce actually retired from the umpire core the other day. You know, yeah. the, the guy who blew the uh, the guy who blew the Armando Galarraga or not the Armando the uh, Andres Galarraga, whatever the pitcher's name was. Oh. 
You know the guy I'm talking about. The guy with yeah, he's so relevant now. I mean, that was legitimately his one moment. No, but he, everyone says he's the great. He's a great guy. He handled it with class. He admitted he was wrong. He's great. But, but but you know there was call. there was big news like you know uh, they're getting rid of the four pitches yet you don't have to throw the four pitches anymore for an intentional walk, and no. because they're trying to speed up the pace of play, I think there was talk that starting in 2018, um, the league could unilaterally put in pitch clock and raising the strike zone, which I'm all in for. I'm I'm, I'm all team pitch clock. Keep the ga- get the game moving. Team pitch clock, not team raise the strike zone. I I don't mind I don't mind raising the strike zone to above the knee. As a way of saying, um, as a way of trying to um, force batters to hit it and put it in play more, because I think that brings more action and more offense into the game. So I'm all for that. I have no problem with that. My issue is the biggest problem that uh, they have right now, aside from, is is mound visits, pitching changes, and challenges. And I don't get why in today's day and age, especially either in the NFL or the MLB, why it takes so long to do a challenge. I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand I mean, that what is something that needs to be discussed. Here, here's why, what. You, how is it taking minutes on end? Here's what you need. Here's here's what you need. And I don't know why they're so hesitant to do it. Have a room in the stadium where an MLB official or video official make a new title, make one available for every for every team. Have a video official in the stadium in a room watching every play on television. He's got an earpiece that goes directly to the field ump. If there's a challenge, the field ump can just pick up the ear, have, have the guy run out to him, have him put the, the earpiece in, the, the video ump will say, he's out, he's safe, here's the call, 30 seconds. That's all it should take, 30 seconds. The fact they're trying to get it to around two minutes is asinine. It shouldn't take that long. Have some guy whose job it is is only to watch, say, who's an employee of MLB, say, we've watched it, here's our call, go make the call, 30 seconds. That's all it should take. They could legitimately watch it on any, like this video analyst, they could legitimately take a fan and say, hey, watch Nesson's review of the play. And after watching a couple of reviews of the play, chances are you have a pretty good idea about whether he's safe or out. And the, why it takes so long, I think, is because they're like, well, we can't change a call based on something that we're not 100% sure it has to be confirmed or it has to be like, like blatantly um, obvious one way or another. And that is why we're having these like four minute pauses and it, it breaks up the cadence of the game, if anything. But here's another I'm thing. Watching- here's I'm another thing. You know how they say, you know how they say that it has to be, it has to be conclusive evidence. You should be able to tell conclusive evidence by the third replay. Yes. By the third replay. If you can't find conclusive evidence after th- three replays or 30 seconds, then the challenge should be should stand. It shouldn't be overturned. I don't need you looking at it from every angle, piecing everything together to get it. I agree, and and I think it's it's frustrating because that is something that can absolutely be cut down. I don't know absolutely wh- be cut down. I don't know why they're so unwilling to do it. It it really doesn't. It just baffles me why they're willing to keep this slow, clunky process. And when it could be so much more streamlined, and there's got to be people out there who have suggested it. And the fact that they're unwilling to go to it is, is just stupid to me. Well, there, I mean, there are new things. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of this whole, uh, no, you don't have to throw the four pitches in intentional walk. I really don't like that. What is that really saving you about 45 seconds, maybe a minute? Maybe, I mean, it's maybe. like, it's like 40 seconds. I think I saw a stat. It was like 40 seconds every third game. 
There was like three. There was like th- one intentional. I think over the average of last year, it was like one intentional walks every. What was it? Three games. I mean, it, it, it's it's a minimal thing, but the fact that they're trying to change the game to at least increase increase the pace of play, I'm all for. I'm all for. I don't know. I think it takes out now. Now you see wild pitches all the time go wrong. Yeah, all the time. I saw that Jason Kipnis tweeted. I've stolen home twice on uh, missed intentional pass balls, and you had uh, Gary Sanchez um, reaching out last. Hit a, hit a single off it in uh, in Baltimore, and yeah. you know, I mean, it's it's there. There's there's people have thrown a lot of wild pitches. By the way, that happens. No, oh, I I know, but again. Now. Again, you're looking at the reason why those plays stick out in your mind is because they're the exception, not the norm. And I understand that it may do that, but the amount of action that you're going to see on four intentional pass on four intentional balls is minimal. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cry over spilled milk. But I do not like that uh, rule change that they're coming in. They're testing in the minor league. Oh, the runner on second. Runner on second. That oh. is stupid. Cons- that is stupid. If they ever implement that idea, I will boycott they the game. Couldn't. That is so that is that so freaking stupid. I, I, I can't speak to it. It's so stupid. dumb. It's beyond stupid. There's what what are we even discussing? It takes a it's it brutalizes the game. It brutalizes extra innings. What, it makes it more interesting because now there's a runner on. He doesn't deserve to be here. Why are we putting people on base? Listen, listen, like, do th- listen, do this. Shorten up the nine-inning game. If you shorten up the nine-inning game and make the pace of play better so that if after two hours and 40 minutes I get to – or two hours 30, two hours 45 minutes, I get to extra innings. If you make the pace of play move, I'm not going to care about how long extra innings are going to be. I'm not going to care. Make the pace sure. of play move – Get the game, nine in game shorter, so that way when we go to extra innings, we're still in a good window. It's not going to matter. Don't put it up with this gimmicky sort of um, rule. That's like saying if you're going to charge the plate, let's just give him a steel folding chair and just start whacking at the pitcher. Let's make it WWE what right rules. Now, what's, what's the average, uh, the average time of a baseball game? I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I think, I think, it's, I think, it, was like two, I think it was like 250, somewhere around that. I think it's between 250 and 258, somewhere around there. Okay. The problem is, what do you think the goal should be to cut the game down to? I, I truly believe, and this is where I'm torn. This is, this is where I'm torn. It ideally should be between the two, two hours and 30, two hours and 45-minute range. That means the pace of play is moving, things are going along, the game is moving at a good clip. That puts you on pace with hockey. That puts you on pace with NBA. It puts you right in that window. Uh, okay. I think, and I'm torn on that because I think that's probably where they should be. But again, also too, I like, because I'm a loser, coming home during the baseball season, sitting on my couch and knowing that from 7 to 10, I'm going to be entertained. That's one of the great yeah, things. I, 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 know, I know that for a good period, my night's going to be occupied. And I like baseball, so that's okay with me. And sometimes I'm a little, little disappointed. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a nice, good, long game. And it's over by 9.30. Yeah. Sometimes it's yeah. A, so. So part of me understands it, and part of me is willing to accept that, but part of me also doesn't want it to go away. But you know, beggars can't be choosers. And, and see, that's the that's the thing. I don't know what exactly their goal to cut it down to is. I don't know what people are clamoring for because baseball inherently is not one of these sports that is 
supposed to be spitfire fast. It's well, it was, it was meant it's, to be a pastoral. It was meant. It was meant to be pastoral. It was meant to be sort of like this pastoral sort of relaxing sort of take it back. But I mean, if you look at the history of time, as you've gotten into more specialized pitching and the bullpens and stuff like that, you know, it, back in the day, it used to be two hours and twenty minutes is what a good as what a major yeah. league baseball game was. And so I think now it's close to three hours or right around at three hours. You got to get back to that close to that 220, 230 range. That's what it should be. And I understand commercials are going to add to that. So you're going to have to deal with that fact and you're not going to get rid of all commercials. So we're probably looking at 15 minutes of commercial breaks. You could, you, you should be aiming for 235, 240 is what you should be aiming for. Realistically speaking, there could be pushback, by the way, on the commercial side. Think about it. The MLB is coming in here and slashing 20, 25 minutes of, of a baseball game, I don't know if it'll be that drastic, but if they end up doing that, that's a lot of commercial time that now is gone. Well, that I, I also I also saw one option that people were saying is, well, maybe we'll cut commercials, but we'll charge higher rates for them. Charge higher rates for the spot. Um, so so instead of having a sixty minute com- or sixty second commercial break, you have a forty five second, but you just charge up to make take care of the difference. And people will do that these days because sports are. You know, because they're live, they're one of the only things you can't really fast forward through without missing anything because you want to watch it live. You don't want to watch sports mm-hmm. secondhand. People, I guarantee you, will most likely pay that. So I think that's one option to look at. And quite frankly, I think that I think I like Manfred, Rob Manfred, the commissioner, is saying we've got to change. We've got to do this. Nothing's not on the table. And I, I appreciate yeah. that. I think Tony Clark, who's the 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 union president for the players. Is like, oh, we got to be careful. You know, I'm a preservationist. No, you're not being a preservationist. The preservationist would make the game two hours and 30 minutes. All right, now we got a special thing to do tonight. Uh, Because the NBA draft was today, we have uh, our two NBA correspondents, Chenny LeBritt and uh, Flex, joining us again. And we're going to discuss today's actions, what happened, what went on, who did what, who didn't do anything, and uh, get their thoughts and everything. And See how it's going to shape up the uh, NBA for the stretch drive in the playoffs. So uh, stick around. So here we are again. It's Christian and J-Bone. And uh, as always, because we had a big NBA event, um, not for trying, just lack of no other sports being on, we got our two NBA correspondents here, Flex and Chenny LeBrit on here to talk some uh, NBA trade deadline and what else is going on in the association. So I'll, uh, I'll kick it to Chenny LeBrit because he's sober right now. How you doing tonight, Chenny? I mean, I'm doing great. Obviously, today's today's deadline was uh, everyone said it was underwhelming, but I don't know if I agree with that. Flex, what do you think? Because 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 the big trade just happened on Sunday. It just the the trade that was like the blockbuster just didn't happen at the trade deadline the way it was supposed to because the Kings are fucking ridiculous. I don't think there was a blockbuster trade on the trade deadline, but I do think that this trade period has been pretty strong. I think the Nerlens trade and the Boogie trade were significant. Dude, those yeah, the Nerlens trade was fucking huge. Dallas just got Dallas. That was a huge deal for Dallas. Yeah, I think Dallas got a whole lot better, and I think that they didn't have to give up a lot. I think they won that trade for sure. Okay. Why did Philly? Why the fuck did Philly get rid of? Here's Nerlens? why I think Philly got rid of Nerlens is because they couldn't move Okafor, and they yeah. needed to move one of their bigs, and that was the best they could get. And they got a first rounder, which I mean maybe holds some value if Dallas misses the playoffs, which they probably will. They'll get a lottery pick out of it. Um, and you know, they get, they get, uh, you know, Justin Anderson, who's a piece I guess. <laughs> and, they get to, and they get to, uh, buy out Andrew Bogut and, you know, they get some cap space for next year. 
That's true. I'm, That's true. I'm, I'm going to have to agree with Mike Wilbon on this one and on his analysis of it. That the biggest winner, arguably, was the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors because no team that was of significant rival to them got any better. Toronto. No, I think Toronto Dude. got better. Regardless of the moves that anyone was going to make, like let's theoretically say that Paul George moved to the Celtics, right? Yeah. I still don't yeah. think they're going to beat the Warriors. Like I think the Celtics made the right play here because the the, the Pacers were asking for so much. And we know that even if the, the Celtics get Paul George, I don't think they could compete with Golden State. So you're better off keeping the picks and playing for after the era of Golden State. After Golden State you know, goes on this dynasty run, then you've got a couple picks, develop a couple guys, and then you're, the Celtics can be that next team. Okay, I've got a question. I got, I got a question here because I, I, clearly I listen to a lot of Boston Sports Talk Radio and, you know, people are either really happy with this or they're really pissed. That's the only way they can be in Boston. They're all panicking for no reason. They're panicking for no reason. No, but here, here's they, my here's – my, Here's my question, though. If you're waiting for the area of, era of Golden State and LeBron to end – that's not going to happen for what another three, four years. So by that point, okay, Jalen Brown is let's say a stud, and the number one guy who you're going to get in the draft this year who's at Fultz. Yeah, he, let's say he's a stud. Yeah, okay, but by that point, you lost Isaiah Horford's gone. The core that you had here, Smart's probably gone. I don't know what you're going to do with Bradley. Your core is gone. So the, just, okay, okay. Here's the thing. Here's what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. This is what I was talking about. So I agree with Flex. They did not need to make a move because if you get Jimmy Butler, you're not better than the Cavs. And if you get Paul George, maybe you could beat the Cavs, but it's still not like it's still going to be a tough series. And you're definitely not beating the Warriors with Paul George. And everyone knows Paul George right now wants to go to LA. Yep. He's going to be a free agent after next year. He's going to LA. Yep. No, but okay. He, but here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. What if you could? What if you could? Let's say you get Paul George, and you somehow manage to beat Cleveland in the in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then. You put up yeah. a good showing against uh, Golden State in the finals. What, this year, there's like, what, four transformative guys who have opt-out clauses in the form of, okay, LeBron's not leaving Cleveland, but you've got Steph Curry, you've got Durant, you've got uh, Chris Paul is going to be a free stay. agent. You think they all stay? Chris Paul's, yeah, Chris Paul, the indication show Chris Paul's Here's the stay. thing. Here's the thing, okay? The problem is that Jimmy Butler is not worth trading for and Paul George is worth trading for, but he's not worth what the Pacers were asking. The Pacers were asking of for three of the four role guys. So they were asking for three of the four of Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and, and, and Crowder. Okay? It's just and, what a, and a first-round pick. That is absurd, okay? That is absurd. They maybe should have gotten Crowder, maybe like Jalen Brown in a first. Like that's the max I would give for Paul George. Anything more than that, and you're trading away your future as Boston. Even in four years, I think it will be a good piece. Yeah. You know, you can you can develop a Fultz or or a Lonzo Ball or someone like that, and you've got Brooklyn's pick the next year too. Like Boston is in a great situation, and just right. by holding the cards that they have, they're fine. Yeah, they're fine. They're they're doing well. Here's another thing, Christian. Here's another thing, Christian. This is what's interesting. I was talking about this today. Is I don't know if Danny Ainge is sold on building the team around Isaiah. Like, because here's the thing: is Isaiah gonna be your best player on a championship team? They're acting like he is. Yeah, I'm sure he's... They're acting like he is. Well, no, I mean, I mean, 
if you get Markel Fultz, like, how do you not build around Markel Fultz and not Isaiah Thomas? Like, I know Isaiah is a proven guy. He's scoring and stuff. But, dude, like, he's he can't play D. Like, Markel Fultz has the potential to be a two-way player, a two-way elite player that you can build around. I think sometimes – and Isaiah's going to get paid, right? Like, Isaiah's going to get a max a max deal when he when he comes out. So, by that time, let's say Jalen Brown, his shot starts hitting, and he's, he's developing more. So, you got your core of Jalen Brown and probably Markel Fultz. Like, that's an elite core right there. Like, that's a core you build around. So, at that point, like, do you pay Isaiah? They need the ball. So, I mean, like, you know, the reason why – one of the reasons why the Celtics passed on Boogie, too, is because when Boogie and uh, Isaiah were together on the Kings, like, it, it wasn't working out, not in terms of uh, they didn't like each other, but – you know, both of the guys need the ball in their hands all the time. So, look, I know this is an unpopular opinion because everyone in Boston fucking loves Isaiah. But, I mean, do not be surprised. Like, I don't think – I think the Celtics are just trying to look at this in the most logical manner as possible. Like, if a couple of years from now your team is developing, you can – because whoever you draft now, you're getting on a rookie deal. That's the biggest part. You're getting on a rookie deal. So, Isaiah is going to command a monster payday. What are you going to do? Boston's biggest assets right now besides their picks is their flexibility. There's so much flexibility. Horford, yeah, dude, Horford's a good player. But if he's out and that cash base frees up, like, they can, they don't need a big man who can score. They just need a big man who can defend and get some rebounds. I know. Here's, a here's the great thing about Boston. Here's the great thing about Boston, okay, is that they've got Crowder on a four-year deal, and he's a really good player. He's not a great player, but he's a really good player, and he's on an amazing contract, which is worth so much in this league. If you've got a player in today's day and age on a good contract, you are contract. okay? Isaiah is going to garner the max, no doubt. Like, once Isaiah's contract runs out, he will get the max. The max. Here's the thing. If you, if you get a Markel Fultz or you get a Lonzo Ball or something like that, you will probably have him for seven to eight years because they're going to be on the rookie deal with the rookie scale – and then you can, then you can offer them max yep. extension more than anyone else, okay? So you're going to have those three guys, plus you're going to have Al Horford on the max deal. So you've got to think, like, if you're going to sign Isaiah Thomas and you're thinking about developing a couple guys, you're going to have to trade Horford down the line. So the question is, is like, are you going to trade everything in to get Paul George right now and maybe, maybe put up a good fight against the Golden State Warriors? Or are you going to try and do what the Golden State Warriors did and build through the draft and and go, and draft well? And that's the potential to build a dynasty with 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 Crowder um, with such a favorable contract and um, and and yeah, and you've got Jalen Brown on his rookie deal, and you've got a couple other picks coming through. They have a chance to be the dynasty after the Golden State Warriors are done. Yeah, I agree. I think yeah, I, I, look, the strategy like they they did the right thing. Like you you. You keep Jalen, you got Jalen Brown, you got like definitely keep Jay Crowder because he's the better three point shooter amongst him between him and Smart. So you got Jalen Brown, Crowder, you got this year's pick and the next year's pick. Like that's four players. Two of those four players are going to be like, uh, you know, pretty elite players just from the draft. So then at that point, if, if Isaiah wants to walk or Horford wants to walk, like you might have to just let him walk at that point because you can get so much more with that cash base. Like look at what Golden State did last year. Golden State this year, that's like a, that's, that was a fluky thing. Like, Durant going there, like, you're not going to recreate that. But you can recreate what Golden State did last year, which is actually build a team over the course of several years via the draft and then building a deep team that runs, like, 10 deep. They had a team that went 10 deep in the playoffs, and they shouldn't have lost the championship. So if you could build that in your Boston and you got all these guys when you're young, like, when LeBron's when LeBron retires and stuff, like, that's, that's your run. You're going to dominate the NBA for four or five seasons. That's fair. No, I, I completely agree with all those so, points, and I think they're valid. I think the reason why people in Boston are mad – is because for the last three years you've had ownership tickling their balls saying, 
oh, we've got the moves, we've got the cap space, we've got all the assets, we're going to get these guys to come here and play. And it just haven't, yeah, but- hasn't come true. And, no, and if you're going to build through the draft, I think the reason why people are pissed is because you've been, again, you've been, you've been telling us that you're going to do and make these big moves, and you just haven't. If your plan all along was but- to st- sit here and build through the draft. Listen, Danny Ainge, Danny Ainge is an underrated GM. This yeah, is why, because Danny Ainge will never, ever take the bad end of a deal. Oh, I know. I promise you, there was, there was a deal on the table to take um, Paul George, but it was not a good deal for Boston, and he did not make it, okay? Danny Ainge will only take deals that benefits Boston. Like, Boston will 100% be the winner, okay? Yeah. And that's good for the Celtics' future. They've got picks. They've got a good future. They've got Jalen Brown. They've got a couple other pieces. They have – listen – I would say Golden State has the best commodities in the NBA. I would say Boston has the most commodities in the NBA. Okay. okay. But I, I, I there's All right. I got a question. This will be our last topic. This is the other big news that came out this week was that uh, Jeannie Buss, um, Phil Jackson's former squeeze in an internal smoke show. I'll tell you what. She still looks good at like 56. I, was, like, I still would. I still would with Jeannie Buss. Don't get me wrong. I still would. But uh, she cleaned. Do you have any other options, Christian? Hey, I'm I'm proud. I'm proud with what I got. Listen, Jeannie Bus cuts ha- cleans. Hey, yeah, I, I, now I got Jeannie Bus as an option. She's single now too, so you know what? I might as well. <laughs> Jeannie Bus cleans house and hires the one, the only Magic Johnson as head of basketball <laughs> operations for the Lakers. I need your opinions on this. Tell me what you got. <laughs> Plus, you want to go? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, this was a great move. This was an absolute great move. One that should have happened like three or four years ago, okay? This happened Thank way, you. way too late. Thank Magic, you. Magic has always said that he is all about the Lakers and he would do anything for that franchise. And he should have been in charge three or four years ago and they would be in a totally different direction right now. I think, realistically speaking, if Magic Johnson had been put in charge three or four years ago, they could have traded for, for Paul George in that time span. They had, could have made a couple different moves. They would have drafted a little differently, and they could have had a winning mentality around the Lakers. I think they would have been in a much better position. They've made some good deals so far, and I think that Magic is putting them in the right direction. I think this, this has come way too late like relative to when it should have come, and I think that Magic, honestly, I, I think he – is the right guy to lead this franchise moving forward. I think that I wouldn't be surprised if Kobe Bryant has a position in the organization pretty soon um, at some point, whether it's this year or next year. And I think that that things are looking up for the Lakers. Well, they I got, really do. They, they got Paul George lined up. They got, I think that Magic at the helm is is, is going to bring them to, to to in a really good place. I, okay, so – my first, my first thought was, I agree. I, I think the Magic Johnson move is a great move. Now, here are the obvious cons. All right, like let's let's just let's put the cons out there. The cons are, you know, he's got a bunch of shit going on, so people are wondering because that's like what happened with Phil Jackson, right? Like Phil Jackson went to the Knicks, and then people were like, "How involved is he actually going to be? Is he going to be there?" Well, Magic loves the Lakers more than anything, so and he's he's come out and said, "This is I'm going to be there." Like because the head of basketball operations, like that's not like a sit there and chill job. Like that's a job. But he says he's gonna be there working. Um, the cons are people, you know, you see that everyone's read about like the top ten tweets Magic Johnson's made where he's just oh, he's an idiot. Like, he's an idiot. It's great. 
but, but here, here's my thing. Like, I get we can all make fun of Magic for that, but that's not what Magic is brought in here for. Magic knows how to delegate. They're hiring the uh, Kobe's the, agent, the agent Rob Palinka, to yep. be the uh, or Co- Kobe Harden. Like, Magic is going to delegate to the guys who understand. That's the thing I think. Uh, makes Magic such a good hire because, yeah, he's charismatic and he will help bring stars over because he he can at least get a meeting with all these guys. And they're probably going to get Paul George next year, so that's a huge start for them. Two years, two core. years. I think it's in two years. After, I think it, during the 2018 season, he'll or the start of the 2018 season, yeah. they'll probably have Paul George. Yeah, next, next, yeah, next, not not next, the start of next year. I mean, next year when it's over, in yeah. the summer, they'll get Paul George. And I think probably the year after, and the year after that, chances are I've heard that they probably will get Westbrook too once he becomes a free agent. I mean, maybe, but even they don't even need like like even with Paul George and like the young players they have, like they can listen. They can be a really good, Magic knows how to delegate. So well, between between Randall like Ingr- between Randall Ingram and uh, Russell, they got a solid young core that when they mature and hit their stride, they'll be good. And then I by haven't that- watched enough of Russell, uh, but I think I was telling Flex like maybe they move Randall because I I think Ingram right now Ingram right now is like the is so young like Ingram's a baby pretty much. One who says and looks at him is like this guy is like longer than Kevin Durant. Like, in which Ingram way? Is like has the most. In, in, in which way is he longer than Durant? Involved in the Lakers organization, so I wouldn't know that. But uh, I think I think only uh, I think only D'Angelo Russell would really have tape to reveal that. Got <laughs> <laughs> him. D'Angelo Russell good. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. All right. One thing to say to the Phil Jackson point is that Phil Jackson never wanted to be in charge of the Knicks. What happened with the Phil Jackson situation is, is James Dolan said, Hey, Phil Jackson, will you be the president of like, you know, player, you know, will, will you be the, the head of operations for 10 million? And Phil Jackson said, no, will you be the head of operations for 13 million? Phil Jackson said, no, will you be the operations of, for 15 million. Phil Jackson said, no, will you be the operation for 16 million. Phil Jackson said, Damn, if you're going to, I mean, if you're going to twist my arm like that, yeah, I'll do it for $16 million. You know, I, it's like, it's absurd. I'm telling you, Magic Johnson would do this job for free. Magic Johnson loves the Lakers. I think I think Chen's right. I think he's going to delegate. He doesn't know a ton about personnel. He doesn't know about a ton about personnel, but he brings a level of credibility to the organization because people respect him as a player and, and even as a businessman. People respect him. And I think the, the hire of Rob Palenka was great. He's got a relationship with a lot of the players in the league already, and he's a good talent evaluator. I think that things are really looking up for the Lakers. I think that that was a great move. It's one they should have done, a, a, you know, a few years ago. But you know, I think people are understanding that once LeBron's era is done, which will be in a couple of years, and once the once the Golden State Warriors uh, era is done, which will be in three or four years, teams like the Lakers and the Celtics and um, and and a couple other teams that have built sort of. These, this young nucleus of talent have a shot to be that next dynasty. My here's here, okay. I yeah yeah I agree. But my thing with LeBron is I I I put it out on the record. Like I think he's he's gonna last a lot longer than people think. This, I think I think what well, I've always said. I think LeBron's gonna retire with four, but I don't think he's gonna get his fourth now. It's gonna be like a Tim Duncan situation where he 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 plays. He doesn't. He's not. He's not your best player player in, in certain series but he's not coming there playing 38 minutes the way he is now but the thing people don't realize about LeBron is he takes great care of his body and he's he, he's just gonna go post up like he did it when he had to do it and now he doesn't need to because you know no one tells him what to do in that organization but when he gets older and he can't blow by guys he's just gonna go post up give you like 
15 to 18 points a game and then, you know, get you 10, 10 assists. Like, that's what he's going to do. So I think, I think LeBron is going to last a lot longer than people think. Yes, but but I don't think I, okay. I agree. LeBron's gonna last a long time. He's not gonna dominate. But, I agree. I'm not. I'm not sure he's gonna be like, hey, LeBron's in the Eastern Conference Finals for the 15th consecutive year. I don't think that's gonna be the case. I think it's gonna be more up for grabs than what it is right now. Right now, it's like LeBron's going to the finals every every year. Christian, I know you have one final thing, but I do wanna I do wanna say one thing on air because okay. I think it's just so important. Bring it, LeBron James. LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. I agree. And, and, I agree. I agree. He's my favorite player. I know he's Chen's favorite player, and he's a lot of people's favorite player, but I don't even think it's really debatable. No, LeBron I agree. James is the greatest player of all time. If I had to pick one player to start my team around, okay, <laughs> I would pick LeBron James. He can, he, he can do everything. He's, per, he's the best player you want on the court. He's the best person you want off the court. And here's the incredible thing about LeBron James is people are like, oh, my God, you know, uh, Michael Jordan won six NBA championships. All the, the championship that LeBron James won last year is the most impressive thing I've ever seen, ever in my entire life, okay? Yeah. That team was indestructible. You had to put together a borderline dynasty best team all time sort of Golden State team. They They beat the Bulls regular season record. And they still couldn't beat LeBron in the finals in a game, seven game series. I know Kyrie had a huge part to play in that. I know Draymond got suspended, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't just, forget that LeBron James is the greatest athlete, the greatest athlete we've ever seen. He's the greatest personality. He's the greatest person on and off the court, and he is the single greatest player. And he is by by just I don't even think it's on a metric. Cook he flex, cook. I would pick. To start my team, okay? I'm not going to call him the greatest athlete of all time. I think that Tom Brady has a case. I think that a few others have a case. But in the game of basketball, there is not a guy I would pick over him to start my franchise. I, I'm, you're not going to hear any well, argument Christian, from me. Like, like, we all know I love LeBron. We all know I love LeBron. So I, I, I'm, I can't even, like, say good things about LeBron because I'm just so biased that, like, everything that comes out of my mouth about LeBron, like, it's just it's just too biased. Like, I love him too much. So, so what do you think, Christian? Like, I've always been curious on what your view of LeBron is. I'm, I'm not going to he, here's the thing about me and LeBron is that I was I was actually I was actually okay my favorite player of all time is is Kobe. I grew up during like the Kobe Shaq era and from there I was just a huge Kobe guy even after the Colorado you're incident. Only, even after the Colorado incident I was a big Kobe guy, but um I was always a big fan of Kobe. I just loved how he was just I loved how he was just an assassin and just a dick and just wanted to take it from people and I just that really resonated with me. And I really sort of soured on LeBron once he went to Miami because I felt that was sort of taking the cheap way out. But I'll tell you what, over the last couple years as he's been in Cleveland, you start to realize what he's done. And granted, he's sort of had pieces around him, but you're right. No, 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 you're, you're, no, no, wait, 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 let me finish, let me finish. You're absolutely right. What he did last year in the finals, he carried. He carried, and if you, it says a lot about the fact that a guy has been to how many NBA finals he's been to in a row. Like seven or eight straight, or something like that. The fact that he's been to seven or eight finals in a row, and he's been the central piece to either, and at specific times in those finals, you could see moments where he legitimately flicked the switch and took over not just the game but the series. There was arguments after uh, Kyrie Irving went down in game. I think it was. One or two of uh, game one, 
game one against against the uh, the Golden State Warriors the first time around, when he went down, there was legitimate people who were thinking he could carry them, and he clearly just didn't have the supporting cast around him, but yeah. he he did all he could, and he still made it competitive okay. games out of let me, it. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Okay, LeBron James is two things: the greatest player of all time and the most underrated player of all time. Kobe Bryant, the year he won the MVP, Chris Paul should have won the MVP. Chris Chris, Chris Paul should have won the MVP. Okay, LeBron James probably should have won the last ten MVPs. The only year that LeBron should not have won the MVP was that Derrick Rose year. Derrick Rose had a disgusting year for the Bulls. Like, honestly, like that. If Derrick Rose hadn't gotten injured, it would have been incredible to see what he could have become because that year was unfathomable. Okay, okay, I, I, I was crazy. I, 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 I that outlier. LeBron James should be a 10th Listen, MVP listen, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. <laughs> listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. I am I am not arguing with you. I didn't say I thought Kobe was the best player. I said Kobe was my favorite player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I asked. LeBron James has leaps and bounds been the best player in the NBA. You're right. By that same measure, he's he's basically what Mike Trout is to the Major League Baseball. If you think any other player other than Mike Trout in the American League should win the MVP award, you're smoking grass, sniffing paint, and doing LSD at the same goddamn time. It's just inf- he's at a level that other guys just aren't there. It's the same with Barry Bonds. He just gave it to other players because he was annoying and people okay. didn't like him and he was okay. a douchebag. Can we not talk about baseball? Because I don't want to put LeBron James in the same sentence as non-athletes here. Okay? Oh, fuck LeBron off. Fuck you. You know what? We're cutting the segment off. I was happy to have you. Flex, I appreciate it. Chen, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, boys. He's an unmatched, he is unmatched, okay, in intangibles and tangibles on and off the court. He's probably the greatest teammate that we've had. Listen, I am a lo- I do not like LeBron James. I'm saying <laughs> out of respect, okay, because I can't help but look with my own two eyes and see that when LeBron, LeBron James's career is the closest thing as we will see to Jesus Christ on the basketball court. I mean, he is- <laughs> Unbelievable. You blaspheming son of a bitch. No no player in NBA history has made the players around him better. No player in NBA history has had a bigger effect on the league, on on a team, on a on multiple franchises than LeBron James has had. He's he has resurrected a a a non-franchise, a non a tiny market because he's there. He is there. He is single-handedly carrying the economic you know, livelihood of Cleveland. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. Okay, that listen. Kobe Bryant couldn't even do that. Listen, Kobe listen. Bryant I get it. I get it. The winner. LeBron James is an economic. He's a one-man player. stimulus package. We he's get it. We get it. Person. If he died, it wouldn't be like a human being dying. It would be like a uh, an economic commodity dying. <laughs> Just the market failing. It would. It's unbel- It's unfathomable. He has given more to a sport than any other individual has given in their lifetime. This guy should have this guy should be revered in history. For, I'm I'm talking the history of the world. I'm not even talking about history of the sport. I'm talking about history of the world. I'm talking George Washington, LeBron James. You know what I mean? Like, eighth graders should be learning about this guy and writing projects about him. I'm not even, this guy is unbelievable. Okay. Okay. You know what? On that note, I don't, I don't think we could top that. If you want to preach, if you want to keep preaching, I'm here. I'm, I'm eating this up.
I'm eating this up like a little piece of host. This is what I would say. This is what I would say. I am someone who would never get a tattoo ever. But if I was to get a tattoo, it would probably be some sort of LeBron James is Jesus Christ re-erected. I mean, would it be LeBron on the cross? Would it be LeBron on the cross being crucified? LeBron gave himself for Cleveland. He sacrificed himself for the better good of 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 everyone around him. Listen, if I listen, if I had to. And also, I want to say this about LeBron James. As good as he is as a player, as good as he is as a basketball brand, he is going places. He is going to be a billionaire. He, yeah. His brand is going to be worth so much. He is going to do some amazing things for the African-American community. And he's going to do some amazing things just for humanity. I think this guy is going to be incredibly philanthropic. I think he's going to do some great things in the business world. I just think that this guy seriously is going to cement his name in, in the history of the world as being a phenomenal, phenomenal asset. He, it's I, agree. I actually 100% agree. I just can't comment because I'm a known LeBron D rider. I'm a Listen, for, for the first for the first 10 years of LeBron James' career, I didn't like him. I love D Wade. So out of respect to D Wade, was it last year when it just changed? Yeah. No, listen. LeBron James showed me. He opened my eyes. <laughs> there, there should be a religion uh, about LeBron James because this guy. You might is, be founding it no, right now. No, Are you hard? Are you hard right now? Jesus <laughs> Christ. Let's call me Skinny Brian Winhorst. Like, <laughs> no, Brian. Brian Winhorst. Okay. When Brian Winhorst has his heart attack, which is pretty, it's gonna, it's a, it's gonna come in the next few years. His last words will be, "Thank God I followed LeBron James in high school. That guy made a career out of it. I mean, my goodness. I mean, I mean, that's unbelievable. This guy is making people's journalistic careers. No, that's true. You're, that's absolutely you're true. I completely agree. This guy has done more for society than most most people throughout history have done. Okay, this guy is the equivalent. This guy is the Bill Gates of basketball. I'll say this: in in a thousand years, if the human race is still alive and we're still like following all this stuff, LeBron James will be the face of sports, not even basketball of sports. He will be the one name that every person grows up knowing. I'm telling you, this guy is transcendent. That is the only word to describe LeBron: transcendent. <laughs> all right all right I, I i gotta cut it i gotta cut it we've been going we've been going long but i'll tell you what you made a believer out of me you know what in the in the event <laughs> in, in, in my heart of hearts it goes like it goes jesus christ like david ortiz and then it's gonna go lebron james that's just the way it's gotta go now you've convinced <laughs> me Brady, oh, oh no, 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 no no it goes jesus christ tom brady david ortiz lebron james that's where it goes for me okay flex you convinced me you convinced me. I completely forgot. You're right. That's my fault. All right, boys. We're going to close it up. You guys got any final words, any final thoughts? No. I, nothing. That was a great monologue by Flex. I loved Amazing. it. I loved every second of it. All, all I have to say, all I have to say is that the Boston Celtics not making a trade this trade deadline was the biggest trade we've seen this trade deadline. Not making a trade. Sometimes the piece that you don't overpay for is the biggest piece you can get. Yeah. Keep the picks. They have a chance for a top three pick. Let me tell you right now. Marco Fultz, Lonzo Ball, Dennis Smith Jr., they're all super. Final word, guys. Final this... word, not final 15 minutes. Hey, hey, okay? I'm John Wick. You just watch and appreciate, all right? <laughs> you watch it. Don't wait too long. All right? Those three Go, guys, Baba Yeager. Go. Those, 
those three guys are superstars. You do not pass up the opportunity. You do not pass up three role players and a superstar for Paul George or Jimmy Butler. Danny Ainge is a genius. The next NBA dynasty after the Golden State Warriors will be the Boston Celtics. Final words. All right, boys. We appreciate you guys coming on. We appreciate the we appreciate the fire. We appreciate the heat. Flex, anytime you come on after, we're going to need you about seven Long Islands deep because this was fantastic. Chen, we might have to have you do the same. It was, it was great to have you boys on. We appreciate it, and you guys are welcome on anytime. We thank you. Thank you. Thanks, boys. Damn! What are your thoughts on NASCAR? Sunday, Daytona 500. Give me your thoughts. So Daytona 500, it's funny. Daytona uh, International Speedway is actually the only speedway I've ever actually seen live. I've never seen there. I've, I've, I've seen it. I haven't been inside, but I, I drove by it, and it is massive. That thing holds a boatload of people. Um, I don't have a firm understanding, really, about what draws NASCAR. There is a, there's a ton of strategy that apparently goes into it, but I just see a bunch of cars driving around. I like Dale Earnhardt Jr. I root for him. I love Jeff Gordon because if if you did not have to know a lick about NASCAR, know who Jeff Gordon is. Oh, I, he was my favorite. He was my favorite. Jeff Gordon was the man. Um, That's also because when we were growing up, he was winning everything in sight. He was like the Jimmy Johnson yeah. of of racing. You think Jimmy is is he is Jimmy Johnson winning that much? He's won like he, he won like six in a row. Jimmy Johnson won like six in a row, and he just won last year. He's he's dude. He's ridiculous. He's won like seven. I don't know what they're called championships. Yeah, who does he uh, drive for? Joe Gibbs. I I don't know. <laughs> I all I know all I all I know is the Daytona. You're spitting out you're spitting out all these Jimmy Johnson facts. I need some I need some information on Jimmy Johnson. I think he was I think he was not. I don't think he's Joe Gibbs. He's whatever. Uh, he, he's like the same one that Jeff Gordon used to race for. I know they were teammates, and but I have, but other than that, I have no clue like what the name of these teams are. All I know is that Daytona 500 is Sunday, and that's the one race a year that everyone like sort of is like. Aside from the Indy 500, it was like eh, maybe I'll sit in front of my couch for four hours and watch guys ride around in a circle, even though I have no idea what I'm watching. It's not Joe Gibbs racing. Joe Gibbs has Carl Edwards and Denny Hamlin. Those are his big guys. Both recognizable names. No, um, no, they're not. They're racers. Once you once you get below the Rust Belt, no one. Once you get below the Rust Belt, people know who they are. Other than that, no one gives a shit. Oh, I recognize those names because you know why? Because they do come on. ESPN does cover a decent amount of NASCAR. I mean, you don't. You probably switch it off, but if you were to like watch it, oh, I know it's um, big. I know it's big. Every other every other segment, they're at the track. I just. I, I don't get it, so I don't watch it. He he's a seven time champion in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Cup Series, that's what he wins. The Cup Series. All I know that leading up to this, all I know about the Daytona 500 is that I think like today or yet or yesterday, like most a lot of drivers came out and said that Danica Patrick needs to crap or get off the pot because they don't see her winning anything. She has, she. I don't think she's won anything. The only the, that's the, probably a pretty accurate statement. If you suck at what you do, why are you sticking around? Because she's hot. She is hot. Oh, she's she's but, she is she's hot, and she's got some bedroom eyes and a body that will cause sin to come out of even a priest. Out, and they took her out of the um the uh what is it something daddy commercials go daddy 
GoDaddy. Oh, do you remember those GoDaddy Super Bowl commercials, man? Yeah. In the Super Bowl? When, oh, uh, not this year. No, uh, back when we were kids. This. Back when we were kids. Do you remember those commercials? Like they would always like stop right before, and then you'd go to like GoDaddy.com expecting to see some porn, yeah. and then there was no porn, and you were just disappointed. Well, because you know why? Because that's where Danica Patrick. That's the only reason why she's in NASCAR. Oh, because she's. It a, really is. Well, I think she was a hot, a hot, pretty talented driver. I don't know about who the, was big for GoDaddy, and they're like, you know what? We need this in the in NASCAR. I actually, and a lot of people tuned in to see how she was doing, and now they're like, now I don't care because she's not that good. Dude, the most success she ever had at the Daytona 500 was she won the pole. Which is not a sexual joke. It means she won qualifying and started off first, and I think she finished like in the low tw- in the high twenties. That's the most success she's ever fucking had at a Daytona Five Hundred. That's just simply not good enough. No, it's not. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. She's Basically, a name. Piss her get off the she's a it name. Really is. She's a name and a face, and I'm happy to see it. I'm happy to watch it. I mean, not watch it, but like watch like stories about her. Yeah, you're not watching that. She's not at the front. As long Come as it keeps if it keeps her coming on maximum, I'm happy with that. She's 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 a very attractive lady, and there's nothing. I, I and I will support very attractive ladies looking very attractive. Speaking of ve- okay, so who so so who you got in the Talladega 500, or or sorry, the Daytona 500? Uh, I I don't. Uh, Tony Logano. I have no clue. Tony Logano. I have no clue. I have no. I have no. Is that even a real person? Yeah, it is. Okay, I got Denny Hamlin. Either, Gibbs, either that, either that, or like Kyle Busch, because Kyle Busch is like always in it. I have no clue. Like Kyle this, Busch is always in it. These are like the six days of the year that NASCAR is relevant for me. Other than that, I'm just like, tell me who won. And now that Jeff Gordon's out, I really could give two popcorn farts about it. <laughs> like, like honestly, after he re- like he came back like last year because uh someone had a concussion, so he's like, yeah, I'll drive for you know three weeks. Give me, give me a couple million. I was in a Hold my beer. dude. I was in Newport and I saw his yacht. That thing is massive. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it is. Dude, the gas bill alone on that thing is probably more than like I will ever see in my life. <laughs> oh, by the way, speaking of going back to Danica Patrick and uh, Danica Patrick, and speaking of really attractive women, I got some good news for you today. What's that? Were you a wrestling fan growing up? No, I never watched WWE or SmackDown or Raw or any of that. Well, that is your loss. I want you to do something for me right now. I want you to type. I want you to type into your computer, Kelly Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. Now I want you to go to Google Images and look at Kelly Kelly. She's got a very nice spread. If you know what I mean. Oh, my goodness. I had news today that she has signed a three-year contract with World Wrestling Entertainment, and she will be at WrestleMania. Your boy is pumped because one of the transformative and most influential women of his teens is making her return to relevancy, and I, for one, couldn't be happier. Oh, my God. Oh. She's, oh, she's, she's stupid hot. Like... She's one of those girls that you just look at and your brain melts. She is beautiful. How old is she? Last I saw, she was right over like 33. 30 years old. Oh, she's got oh, a she's got she's 30 years old with the body of a she's 21. 
oh, dude, she's she's definitely well aged. Time has been good to her, and she clearly likes to work out and eat right, which is something that I just don't like to do. So you know what? I love her on two fronts. She's my motivation. Yeah, she could definitely be doing some of those. Um, what do you call it? Uh, the flying you know, head scissors. Tightening exercises. Kegels? Hey, What's you can that? Kegels? Guys can do those too, buddy. No, I'm more I'm more interested in Kelly Kelly doing some the the tightening of the of the thigh muscles. That's like those are like those are kegels, aren't they? No, I'm talking about the uh, <laughs> Oh, 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 like like the like the like the the, the 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 hip flexor ones or like the like that one, like the ones they used to do on the TVs. That's it. Okay. Well, I, I like Kelly Kelly doing her flying head scissors moves. Those are really good for me. Good for her. Wow. Yeah. What does Shelton Saray look like? Who? Oh, he's, of course he's a hockey player. Oh, dude. I thought, oh, well, maybe, maybe if she could settle for an average guy, then I have a lot of hope, but no. Oh, no. There, there, there's, there's nothing more... There's nothing more frustrating slash inspiring than looking at like these hot celebrities or really attractive females who just settle for like these average looking bums. And I'm thinking because that it gives me hope that like I could get a girl like her. But at the same time, it's also really, really frustrating because I'm just like, why are you settling so low? You could do so much better. No, woman. no, no. It's about hope. Screw Screw that guy. I don't care. Screw her because she'll probably never talk to me. That gives me hope about having the ability to get with a woman who looks like Kelly Kelly. Come on now. <laughs> well, she's, you, that's how, you have to have the positive outlook on it. You can't look at like, why are you settling? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't walk up to some tent in a bar and like, Hey, would you settle with me tonight? Hey, hey, on the right night, she just might. <laughs> Rhymes to live by. On the right night, she just might settle for you. That's it. Hey. Hey, hey, all, all you need all you need is the one night. All you need is the one night to make a difference in someone's life. That's it. One night. One night That's can we're asking. One night can change a life. That's all you need to know. So what was her move? Is Randy Orton still around? He Randy won the, Orton slithering in RKO. He just won the Royal Rumble. Did he? He just won the Royal Rumble. He's supposed to have like some main event shot at WrestleMania, but I don't. I think he like forfeited it or something like that. I'm not sure. Either that or they're trying to set up like a fatal four way for the title. I'm not really sure, but I just know he won the Royal Rumble. Yeah, he came out and the RKO memes. And oh, I love it. Were some of the funniest things out there. Any move that's like that modified cutter, because you think he stole that from like Diamond Dallas Page. Like that was DDP's thing. Like he would do the diamond cutter out of nowhere and just be like, diamond cutter. Or he like put up the diamond sign in the air and just go, bang! It was awesome. <laughs> diamond Dallas Page was a legend amongst all legends. His theme music started like, like there's like some really just. WWE theme music when guys enter in is some of it's like iconic. For me, Diamond Dallas Page was awesome because it would just go, yo, it's me, it's me, it's DDP. And I thought he was so cool. <laughs> I thought he was the coolest guy ever. And he'd just walk up and put up the Illuminati diamond sign and just go, bang! And then he'd just put people in the diamond cutter slash RKO out of nowhere, and it was awesome. Oh, uh, It's 
hard to. Dude, it's like right now, like anytime President Trump does something, I half expect to uh, just hear Stone Cold Steve Austin's music hit, like to hear the glass shatter. Stone Cold Steve, that's who I was thinking of. That's who I was thinking of. Oh, did, Stone Cold Steve Austin has the best music. Oh no, no, clearly, like you hear the anytime you hear that glass shatter, you're ready to roll. Like you're ready to fight people. <laughs> no, the the <laughs> did you see that picture? So Linda McMahon, whose husband is Vince McMahon, is now the head of the Small Business Administration. That's yeah. that's not a joke. That's a fact. No, I know he is. And there's a picture. There's a picture at the White House. It's a picture of Vince McMahon, Lynn McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, Vince McMahon, Donald Trump, Shane McMahon's wife, and all the kids. And someone said, "44 percent of the people in this photo have received the Stone Cold Stunner, including Donald Trump," <laughs> which is hysterical. We have a president who got the Stone Cold Stunner in a WWE <laughs> wrestling ring. This is not a joke. That's fucking awesome. WrestleMania 23. It was Vince McMahon versus Donald Trump in a hair-for-hair match. With Stone Cold Steve Austin as a special guest referee. <laughs> you cannot make this up. It happened. I remember because I'm telling you, the guy, the guy is entertaining. Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm telling you, know what you could do? Anytime that Donald Trump submits a bill to Congress, or anytime one of his executive uh, orders gets kicked down, I'm just gonna post the vi- the the gif of him getting Stone Cold stunnered. <laughs> like Trump lost today, Stone Cold Stunner. Come on, like that's that's awesome. He's a member of the WWE Hall of Fame. Cold stunned by Steve Austin. Why didn't anyone? Why didn't anyone pull that out during the debate? Like, like, like Jeb Bush is getting just shit on endlessly in a debate, and then why didn't why didn't Jeb Bush just go, "Hey, Donald, how'd it feel to get stole cold stunned, you pussy?" And then mic drop on his ass. You can't recover from that <laughs> because it's Jeb Bush. I don't. He wasn't doing okay, Marco Rubio. Ted Cruz, the guy accused Ted Cruz's dad of conspiring to shoot JFK in the face. I'm sorry. That's some like Alex Jones level conspiracy bullshit. And this guy is just going <laughs> to. Alex gonna... Jones might be one of the most entertaining people. Yeah, I know. but the guy's dad is getting accused of shooting or helping Lee Harvey Oswald shoot JFK. And what does Ted Cruz do? He stands there and takes it like a bitch. I mean, what do you even say to that? You say you got Stone Cold stunned, you bitch. <laughs> That's what you do. But it's not like a bad thing to get Stone Cold stunned. He got Stone Cold stunned in front of millions of people. And probably there's a high chance that some of those people might have voted for him. <laughs> he might have won votes from being Stone Cold Steve Austin guy. It shouldn't. It shouldn't matter. You cannot be president in in a in a, in a fake storyline, being willing to have your head shaved off, and then you win. So you shave another billionaire's head on pay per view, and then you know Stone Cold Steve Austin's bashing beers. He's chugging them. He's giving people the middle finger. He bashes the beer with Donald what Trump. What was the bet? What was the bet? It was a. Uh, it was a hair for hair match. So. Um, Donald Trump had his guy, Bobby Lashley, fight Vince McMahon's guy, Umaga. 
um, and Stone Cold Steve Austin was a special guest referee. And whosoever guy won, the loser either. So if, if Bobby Lashley's guy won, he had to shave Vince McMahon's head. And if Umaga won, he'd have to shave Donald Trump's famous hair. Now, you knew what was going to happen because there's no way in blue hell that Donald Trump was anyone letting shave that dead muskrat on his head. So, but you watched it anyway because you're like, how the hell is Stone Cold Steve Austin going to be involved in this? And you could put Stone Cold Steve Austin on anything and anyone's going to watch it because it's electric. But he wins. He's bashing beers with him in the middle of the ring. And then all of a sudden... Stone Cold Steve Austin finishes a beer, drops it down, gives Trump the finger, and Stone Cold stuns him. <laughs> that is that is absolutely hysterical. I wish I had seen that. It's on YouTube. Go watch it. You could literally watch I it. I know. I, I mean, I just watched it, but I like, watched it while it was happening. There's also, there's also oh, I, I didn't watch it live. I got into a fight with my mom. I'm like, Mom, you have to let me see this. And she's like, no. And I'm like, Mom, please, it's pay-per-view. I have the money to watch it. And they're like, no. I don't want you That's to waste what I could do. You pay? Did you at any point pay money, actual money, to watch wrestling? Wrestling? Yes. Oh. I watched. What was it? Oh. I watched? I I only did it once. I paid for the Royal Rumble when it like I think John Cena won it, and then it was The Rock versus CM Punk. You, for the, you didn't pay more than eighty dollars, did you? I think it was sixty, but I was happy to do it. Dude, I pay 60 bones a pop plus more for UFC pay-per-views, and I'm happy to do it because it's a fun night. Yeah, at least that's real. At least that's real. Oh, you're telling me wrestling doesn't get – Oh, if you haven't seen a good wrestling match that brings you to your feet, if you're invested in the storylines and you're watching it and these guys have a chemistry in the ring and they're telling a story with their bodies, there's wrestling matches that I have watched that have brought me to my feet and left me going, no way. I once saw – uh, John Cena and CM Punk fight on Raw for 45 minutes. Like, winner got the number one contendership for uh, WrestleMania. And these guys were throwing everything at each other. Power bombs, tombstones, hurricane ranas. It was awesome. And they were getting, they were getting, fall, they were hitting their finishing moves and getting close twos and false finishes. It was insane. And every single time, it was like, one, two, and they kick out, and everyone does the same thing. They all jump up and put their hands in their head, and like, oh, this is crazy. It was <laughs> awesome. A good wrestling match with a good storyline with a good, hot crowd is some of the best entertainment you're ever going to see, ever. I'm convinced of it. I don't care what you can say. I know it's fake. I don't give a shit. It's entertainment. It's not... They don't even go by wrestlers anymore. They're sports entertainers. You want to know why? Because they're not athletes. They're entertainers. They're superstars. Facts. All right. We want to give a big. Yeah, we want to give a big shout out and thanks to uh, Chandler Britt and Flex for coming back on again and giving us a ton of good NBA talk and a lot of entertaining NBA talk. I really did appreciate that. Well, uh, boys are lucky to come on any time. Uh, Bone, any last thoughts before we leave the people? Any last thoughts? Well, the Oscars are on Sunday, and I'm always, I'm a big, as an avid movie fan, I like to see, so I'll give uh, people out there, uh, La La Land will predictably do very, very well. I think it'll win Best Picture. I don't think it deserves to win Best Picture. I think Best Picture, the, the best movie of 2016, if you haven't seen it, was Hell or High Water. Great movie. Great movie. Great movie. Well done. Well acted. Um, will not get the credit it deserves. La La Land will win a lot of different categories. And the best director 
uh, will be the director of um, what is the name of it? Moonlight. Um, his job with that. And let's see. And yeah, you know, I mean, I'm excited for it. We'll clean up. Hell or High Water should win. Uh, Jeff Bridges might win Best Supporting Actor, but but now, that being said, now that the Oscars are by, no good movies will come out for the next couple months. That's so not true. I heard, I heard Logan. I heard, I heard the new Wolverine movie is sick. Ah, we'll see. We'll see. I heard the new. I know. I actually heard. It, I actually heard if they had released it during Oscar contention, it might have been considered. I heard it's that good. Okay. All right. I might see. It. I'll probably will see it. Oh, I'll definitely see it. Uh, I heard it was generally sick. Generally speaking, award season is gone. Oh well, well we got we got we got. Hey, look at the bright side. Once award season's done, we got about another month, and then we get our precious opening day, and then it's six months of nothing off but beating off with pine tar on our hands. So it's going to be fantastic. Who cannot wait? Might chafe a little bit, wait. but it's going to be great. Any last words, Jaybone? You good? All right. We we thank everyone for listening. Uh, I'm sorry we got it out a day late, but uh, I had diarrhea last night, so we couldn't get it out. And we couldn't record, but uh. We're uh, happy that you stuck with us, and we hope to see you next week. Stay frosty out there, and peace!